everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Value Line Observer with the Value Guys. I'm Val Hughes. And I'm Vern Value. And we are 25-year... Don't go by how goofy that sounds. We are serious 25-year Wall Street veterans who have taken on secret identities and gone underground to bring you our candid recommendations on stocks in each week's Value Line Investment Survey. You've seen our faces on TV. You've seen us quoted in the news, but our bosses would never allow our unfiltered views on the air, so we disguise our voices and they'll never know. This week we look at the February 15th, 2008 edition of the Value Line Investment Survey. And first, a couple of disclosures, and this is really critical. This is for entertainment purposes only. While this is the same professional advice we give to our paying clients during the week, here, well, uh, actually, we give yeah. them a little more preparation well, than a little you're more getting. Prep- and we've been uh, drinking here, so just uh, FYI. Also, we have a lot of conflicts of interest. We may own these stocks. We may be short these stocks, although actually I've never shorted any. And anything we say, just assume it. we probably could be just making it up. At least that's what our lawyers say is the best thing that you should believe because uh, it's absolutely for entertainment purposes only. Um, and uh, let's see. I guess that's it. Visit our website, www.thevalueguys.com. One thing I want to say is I want to thank some listeners for writing in. We're getting a lot of emails, and I'm trying to get to some of them. And, uh, and frankly, <clears throat> uh, Vern feels a little left out. I just don't mind saying in front of him here. Yeah, I get email. You can write me. And we're going to go through, and if anyone that writes in with a stock idea. And me, too. Well, that's my point, is people are just writing to me, because if you fill out the forms on our site, it comes to me, and Vern's feeling a little left out, feel kind of bad about it. So you can get me at val at thevalueguys.com, write in tickers, ideas, career advice. We do that kind of thing. You know, we like to promote people getting into the business. Uh, and then, uh, but Vern's not getting any mail, so I want to highlight vern at thevalueguys.com. He takes mail, too. I try to tell him that he probably, you know, won't have time to answer email. Are you done yet? I almost am. I'll be back at the back of the show, back half, with a couple of ideas. Uh, it's been a tough time for a value guy, but we're doubling up on some names, and one of those is some newspaper stocks I want to talk about, Lee Enterprises, and also a couple that look pretty easy from here, Time Warner, big cap, but I think there's a you know a nice perspective on that one. I've got a really finally, big cap one, too. And then Pool Corp, which is a big recurring revenue story. But first, let me turn it over. Two, with a little bit of a do and some fanfare, Vern Value. Vern, take it away. Thanks. Sure. A lot. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. I'm going to start out with um, I apologize to anybody who um, – uh, why would I apologize? There's no I, need I to. I feel this badly free. for anyone it's a free show. who might have been in uh, Cedar Fair lately uh, because they, the stock traded uh, above 30 in 2007. Everything's Recently down. around 22, according to Value Line. Well, I, I, Don't feel bad. you're right, um, but that's still 25% or so. Of course, the market's down 15. Yeah, no. Off I a mean, peak, so. It's a consumer recreation stock. It's a five year low. Well, but there's also risk here. There's, there's yield, a lot of right. financial leverage because a couple years ago they bought Paramount Parks. Right. And uh, this is a uh, this is a uh, master limited partnership that's basically uh, managed to pay a dividend to uh, shareholders and an interesting uh, company because they own a lot of uh, you may be familiar with a given park that they own but you may not be aware of the entire network I may not be the locations so, Sandusky please. Ohio that's obvious Shakopee Minnesota did not know uh, that one. Allentown Pennsylvania Kansas Was City not Missouri aware of that. 
Michigan's Adventure Amusement Park, wherever that is. Geauga Lakes Wild Water Kingdom, wherever that is. I, I mean, That's these in are Ohio, all, right? This is all very Midwestern, I think. Yeah. Have you been there? It's big. It's a big no, area. <clears throat> no, I haven't. I've been to Cedar Point in Sandusky, Ohio. I'm from, from there in the Midwest. Yeah, I don't want to give everything away. But the Midwest is where a lot of people are from, even if they don't admit it. I'm Look from around. Mar- I'm from Why don't Morocco. you talk to your neighbors, my friend? They're, none of them are from here. Have you ever been to here. Morocco? Absolutely. Uh, I yeah. have actually been there. It's yes. a beautiful place, isn't it? Have Who you cares? Would you my... please talk about a stock? <laughs> so anyway, we've talked about this before as an interesting play on the weak dollar with the idea that it's becoming prohibitively expensive for normal Americans. Yeah, we to can't think go about there, but Germans abroad. can. Um, and on the other hand, um, amusement parks, American-style amusement parks, are something that are quintessentially American. Well, roller coasters particularly, that, isn't that their forte? Right? Uh, the biggest, well, best coaster park in the world is And that's why this makes such a great idea. Dusky. The stock's been crushed. It's you know like at a five-year low. The yield that it's paying, assuming they maintain the current annual cash payout, is almost 9%. Why wouldn't they uh, maintain the they're payout, showing. Burn? They're showing – I have no <laughs> idea why. They're showing uh, a total cash flow, uh, a little over $3.07, $4.08. Again, share price 22, so maybe six times. Um, capital spending, dollar and a quarter, dollar sixty per share, buck and a half per share, 55 million units. I mm-hmm. mean – it's not a terribly – there's a billion dollars of revenue here. Maybe so. there's an issue with the fact that we're heading into a consumer recession I, and no so one's it's, going it's, to – Right, consumer fair. discretionary. I'm interested that there's a lot of insider buying in the little table that they show okay. here. That's I've got a, rare a thing. dividend that adds up to about $110 million. Uh, I have interest on long-term debt. Well, all interest, if you will, adds up to something like $125 million, I think. Value line showing 95 for long-term interest only. I have trouble reconciling that with the risk profile. But nevertheless, that would be $235 million. But this is a business. I mean, is this a good business? They, they generate better than 30% EBITDA or operating margins. So yeah. there's not a capital cost in there. But I, I already told you capital spending really is fairly moderate. Um, so very profitable. Return well, on have capital is lousy now because of the acquisition, but historically had been low to mid-teens return yeah. on capital. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm interested to read in Value Line's write-up that they have a uh, they spent a record uh, amount of money in 2007 for new rides and attractions. For 2008, oh, yes, the future, which determines the value of the security, which is at a five-year low – Highlighted by the behemoth, a 230-foot-tall roller coaster at Canada's Wonderland in Toronto, four other roller coasters introduced at Cedar Parks this summer. And they go on to detail what they are, various other rides, etc. They think attendance and per capita income figures are going to go up this year because of new rides. So a slowing economy priced in the security, got a lot of organic growth uh, initiatives that should position me to outperform certainly expectations. I think the valuation looks moderate. Um, great yield, I think probably secure. Yeah. But this is for entertainment purposes well, only. Well, so is the stock. So isn't that a yeah, nice yeah, The symbol is fun, F-U-N. Great. I don't know what page number it is. You'll need to you know, oh. write Val about that. He'll let you know. That is my thing, page numbers. Let me uh, jot them down here. Stock number two, Carbo Ceramics. I've never Why heard are you pausing? Company. Have you ever heard of this company, Carbo no, Ceramics? No, I haven't. Have you ever heard of Bernie Carbo? Uh, never mind. No. Symbol CRR, value line rates at a four. They just lowered the rating to four. 
Uh, stock's been uh, beat up particularly lately. Looks like it peaked uh, in the what low 50s. Burn. Let me finish where the stock price oh, is, okay, Val. Okay, sure. That's what I'm interested in. we got in. the stock from the low 50s in the third quarter of this past year to around 35 today. Well, that's fascinating. Uh, Sarbo, uh, Carbo, Sarbo, Carbo Ceramics engages uh, uh, in the production and supply of ceramic propants. Something relevant. Good. Okay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. For <laughs> which are used, uh, it, which are used in hydraulic fracturing of natural gas and oil wells. For those of you who don't know what that is, uh, if you're trying to get natural gas out of the ground, hey, I know what it is. Kind of impregnated don't look in the at rock. Me. Look at him. Look at that guy. <laughs> uh, the the way to f- force it into mm-hmm. a uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in out a, force a, it out. Got it right in All a right. way that you can collect it with your you know in your well. They know that, Vern. Uh, is to inject that. fluid under pressure into the rock, break the rock. The natural right. gas can escape, and uh, propants are uh, this is like sand like material. In fact, this product uh, Carbo makes a ceramic product. The, the traditional uh, historical product has just been sand. You pump it in so that when you cr- fracture the rock, you create channels through which – are you awake? Yeah, I'm just waiting for you to finish this fascinating a, or, story. No, you're just, I don't want to interrupt. I'm, and, I'm sorry. You, I interrupted you. You're staring adoringly at the picture of your wife again. Oh, you caught me with that? <laughs> Come on, man. Don't tell I, the listeners that. I, you know, I'm – well, Listen, anyway. I'm thinking about Meanwhile, the next stock idea, not that. When I, so I'm thinking that this stock is a play on natural gas prices going up. Not just that. You really need the ceramic product in the most difficult uh, reserves. So probably places where you only go when prices are really peaking. And coal prices are up dramatically recently. That puts upward pressure on natural gas prices. Yet this stock's traded in near seventy dollars. Yeah, can I ask a question, Vern? Since Why? you brought this up, the coal price is yeah. skyrocketing like no one's ever seen in their lives, right. and it looks like nineteen seventy nine on all these charts, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So we're about to have eighty eighty one in terms of the recession. Oh, good. Uh-huh. But then you get the eighties again. Yeah. So I think and we're, the a 90s. lot of it's well. And if we live that long, hopefully, that'll be really exciting. Hopefully, we won't have It'll some big 30s. taxing politicians coming in. Mm-hmm. But if we have a low tax environment, it's shaping up to be a great period here. If history is any Could guy, be. yeah, yeah. Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just there's to... a history of being a growth stock here. Really, I mean they've had down years. Make no mistake, but uh, the uh, total revenue of the company around um, 350 million now. Was 250 million a couple years ago. Was 125 million in 2002. That's a lot of deals, So no, I don't think so. No. I think this is organic. It's the broader application of the ceramic product. Now there, there's uh, you know changing patterns in usage and where natural gas production and incremental production is occurring. A lot of that is happening in Russia today. Pipeline access to Western European market now. Um, in fact, there's a coal story based on Russia. That's a separate story. But uh, that means that uh, very interested in uh, developing natural gas reserves in Russia. Carbo recently opened a Russian facility that will make them competitive in that market. Basically a company with uh, mid-teens returns on capital over time, uh, uh, low 30s operating margins because this is a proprietary product solution. They sell solutions. They have a systems business, 45 
15% increase in revenue in 2007 to about $50 million, so about 15% of total sales growing very rapidly. Very interesting fundamental story, I think. Never heard of the company before. No debt on the balance sheet, so no risk premium for financial leverage you have to worry about. Seven times EBITDA enterprise value. This is not uh, – this valuation is not something that skyrocketed like a Schlumberger or uh, Baker Hughes that are leveraged to uh, uh, perhaps unsustainable levels of demand for their products. This, carbo, this growth curve uh, looks a lot more natural to me. Um, I think there's a lot more on the table here. You should check out uh, symbol CRR. And wow, lastly, great. how are we doing here on time? How are we I'm doing not, on a wake factor? I'm not doing bad. Yeah, okay. Well, no, I'm not huh? going to do it. No, don't do that. Last time. I mean, I'm trying to stay awake. Three That's just exceedingly dull. That's all. I'm sorry. Nothing personal. Go on. Pardon exceedingly? Me. Well, carbo, whatever. I can't don't even... wait for you to get started, buddy. Oh, my God. Uh, oh my symbol God. MMM, sometimes known as 3 I don't 3M. mean you, Vern. I just want to be clear. I meant the stock. Stock's around 79. I wasn't 79. getting going on that one. Um, you know, 79 is pretty moderate uh, in terms of trading range over the last five years or so. Um, you know, new uh, CEO here, George Buckley. He shows up in name only in the little table that Value Line shows, but uh, seems to have helped re-energize the place. Uh, a lot of people uh, really uh, surprised to see him succeeding at all. Uh, came out of the uh, Brunswick boat business, I think. Isn't that where he came mm, from? I, you know, I don't know on that one. Um, I don't know. A diversified manufacturing company. I mean, you know them for things like Post-its and Scotch tape. Oh, yes, of course. But uh, industrial and transportation, 30% of sales. Display and graphics, they have a product that's integral into uh, um, uh, new flat-screen television Well, you know what production. I like about 3M, Vern? Healthcare is just Maybe as don't big. Care. No, I really don't. But they make um, flat stuff that's good. That's their theme. This is 20 years ago. Yeah. You ask them, what is it that you guys do? You're all over the map. We make flat stuff. Yeah, they're material scientists. They're material scientists is what they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is almost in any any business that makes a physical product. If you ask them where the most exciting innovation is occurring today, they'll tell you that it's in material science. Material science. Here's a leader in it. They've applied a lot of their expertise in in uh, for a long period of time chasing the consumer market because of its size because of a handful of big home runs well they i just want there. to say that scotch tape sort of, thing really they, worked out oh, yeah, that was but a big they rediscovered run. their industrial hmm. roots okay. and um, have become a major factor in some important markets now in the body of the report value line points out healthcare is actually a third of operating income so it may just be 16% of sales hmm. but a huge business a lot of rapid growth going on middle east what eastern do they europe sell into and healthcare? africa Surgical tape and things? Flat stuff. Yeah. What is Value-added, proprietary, innovative, flat stuff. Do you know what? Probably has glue on it somewhere. All right. You don't know. Uh, Filtration products, maybe. I I would say perhaps bandages, certainly. I don't know, Vern. Certainly things holding bandages down. I have no clue. Okay. Look. Visit the website. Like it's probably there, M- now. There's M- a good M- idea. Com. There's okay. a good idea. Always a good idea. Foreign sales, sixty-four percent of total for 3M. So not terrible exposure to the U.S. market, I don't think. R&D almost seven percent of sales, yet they still earn thirty percent operating margins. That's now. They used to be in the mid twenties. Return on capital is in the mid twenties. Talk about a premium company selling for a slight discount to the market, pays a 2.5% yield, 10 times gross cash flow because the stocks come in from a high of almost 100 to under $80. A lot of concern about what's going on in this uh, um, uh, film business that supplies the uh, 
flat screen TV market, but you know they're talking about a billion out of seven and a half billion of uh, uh, total operating income at the company with a fairly moderate, um, I think, uh, erosion um, curve that uh, they can offset yeah. with other businesses. Anyway, 3M. That's enough. Beverage break. Beverage break. Thanks. Ooh. Thanks, Vern. All right. Turning it over to Val. Okay, thanks, Vern. Listen, uh, this week, uh, I didn't do a lot of work that. this week because I'm a little time constrained. And so, uh, but I do have a couple names here that seem pretty attractive. We are in a little bit of a rocky time, but a value guy takes advantage of this volatility and you buy stuff cheap. And then, you know, what's the, what do you have to do? You have to wait. A lot of people don't like to wait. Maybe people didn't tell you this. If you want to be a value guy, waiting is what you're going to be doing a lot. You know, you do a lot of good work, but then wait. And, uh, you know, on some of these you may have to wait. In fact, all three of these you're going to have to wait a little bit. Uh, we're probably halfway through a recession. Fourth quarter will be revised downward to negative. First quarter will be negative. You want to buy two quarters ahead of a recession. Most recessions are two, three quarters. So this is the time to be finding great value. And uh, interestingly, you know, yields are low on good credit. So if you can find a really low-risk stock, cash flow yields, you know, you're finding some great, great deals out there right now. And all you got to do is wait. Here's one, Pool Corp, P-O-O-L, page 1857. I almost did that one. Well, I own it. I actually bought this a few weeks ago. I just want to disclose that. You know, you look at this and you admire the company. And they put up great returns, you know, upper 20s returns on capital in some years, low 20s. Right now they're running upper teens. And then they lever that up in a very stable business, which is prudent, and they're earning 30 40% returns on equity, and you just have to admire that. How are they doing that? Well, first of all, they're selling something that is a little bit of value to the whole process, and what I mean by that is they sell pool supplies. So the first thing you need is you need a pool. So somebody's invested $50,000, $100,000, you know, depending on the size of your pool, maybe $20. You may not be a prospect at that level. But if you have a built-in pool or a big above-ground pool that's permanent, you're going to need to uh, fill it with supplies. You're going to need a heater and uh, a pump once in a while, and then you need the pool guy to come every month and, and put, put in chemicals. Those chemicals have complete pricing power because the whole service is wrapped up with the guy and he's charging you a bunch of money and you know to him and he just marks up those pool supplies 2x I know that so what you charge the pool guy is real flexible up 10 percent to him even if he passes it on is up 2 percent to the client in terms of his total fee so there's no pushback on that and then you're probably spending $100 a month for something that costs you $50,000. And even in a tough economy, if you can't afford a vacation, I hope you can afford to walk into your backyard and jump into a pool. Now, okay. you know, But they also have yeah. a construction supplies business right. and an exposure to new home construction. That's so true, And the Vern. thing that chased me away was I noticed yeah. they just had their first quarter right. with a down top line. Yeah. That's and right. Let it, me talk about that because that's what's giving us this opportunity. Well, that's the question is what well, proportion of earnings is the, my friend, the dependable business My friend, you're let me get about. into that. You know, you're, you're asking the question that I think is important and is the one we uh, dug into. You know, this company, in terms of their revenue, is 80% recurring pool supply type business 
and 20 percent, you know, equipment. And a lot of that's being driven by new homes, so they get new pools, they need a new pump, a new filter, a new heater. And so you have these big, expensive jobs up front. The pool thing is $100 a month, but you sell all the stuff of equipment, and it might be $1,000, $2,000. That stuff has a 20% margin, the equipment, to them. The supplies have a 50% margin. So uh, when you're selling a bunch of these equipment pieces to builders, uh, you know, you're earning big gross margin dollars. If you have 20% of your revenues with 20% gross margins uh, and that goes away, you know, that ends up being uh, a, a big hit to your EBIT and uh, you're going to face year-over-year negatives as that's going through. So right now that's working through the system. But what happens next year is that all the equipment business they no longer have can no longer be a negative yeah, once you've comparison. Been to zero, you've right. seen the, that's you've all in the, the stock. In the this, this trend in earnings growth doesn't mean they're going negative from now on. It means they're walking through a period where last year they sold a lot of equipment, and this year they sell no equipment. They can't go to negative equipment. So you get back to the basic pool supplies business, which has well, 50% what if they had a lot margins. of returns? Yeah. Okay. People return their stuff from their pool. Uh, they're reserved, fully reserved for that, I can assure you. That never happens, okay? So next year you're back to people buying supplies for their pool. If you turn this stuff off, the lost value is higher than what you're paying to have your pool maintained. So it's very stable business. And they're also doing something on the side. During this tough period, they're offering all their customers a chance to come to their headquarters and become branded. I forget the name of the brand. Uh, this isn't actually in the value line, but I own it. I talk to management, and they're creating something called, uh, you know, Pool Supply Joe or something. I'm making this up, but some brand. And if you're a customer of Pool and you go down there, they're going to train you in all the branding elements of their brand, and then you go out into your place in, you know, Georgia or Arizona or Texas or California, and those are the places where this and is it just all makes happening. Customers want to um, flock to you. Well, if you can give people brand presence in a market and consistency across different places. There's enough people moving around and there's enough comfort with brands and uniforms and uh, reliability and such that that wins share. And so they're embarking on something that actually uh, has uh, occurred in other industries when uh, uh, you know Genuine Parts rolled up the Napa chain in the same way. They started out mm. as a supplier to Napa. Good and they analogy. rolled in accounting systems, and wow. suddenly they were buying up the Napa chain. Give you and, you know, I think there's a chance for these guys to forward integrate. They're going to use this brand. They're quietly doing it when all these pool supply guys, if you think pool is down, think of all the little local guys that, you know, they rely on those equipment sales, and when they don't happen, um, you know, they go out of business. So there's some consolidation going on. There's cheap pricing. Pool is gaining share all through this, and they've got a very stable uh, business under here. The valuation, which I should have talked about first, 11 times gross, which is higher than I like. Is there a rule But about there's that, no, or? for me, there is, Vern. Uh, 25 cents per share. I thought I had share. to talk about what they do before I talk about the valuation. Well, good for you. Let's no, just move along. No, that's what you told me before. I know. I, I should have talked about the, the valuation first and quick. I'll tell you. It seems the, like the, different standards listen, being applied listen, to me. Listen, write in and talk to people, okay? I want to get on with the story here. you got 11% cash-on-cash uh, cash return here in terms of nine times free cash. And then even Value Line says you're going to get a 10% earnings growth. That's 20% return. I mean even Value Line says that? Even Value Line says it. 
What are you talking about? Mm. English is our language of choice on the air. 10% growth plus 11% cash on cash, that's 20%. And given that, you know, low-risk bonds are now earning 4 or 5%, here's something I think is low-risk, 20% cash on cash. Okay, pool, P-O-O-L. We got it. Okay, how much time do I have, Vern? Time Warner. Page 1872. Here's my theme on Time Warner. Uh, Time Warner, my theme is content, plus they have a call option and a you know, possibility, probability of becoming a portal to 100 million Americans to the Internet on their televisions, and I'll get into that. And my other side demographic here is that you have people sitting in chairs increasingly as the boomers age, and uh, these guys are becoming, you know, kings of content. They're backing away from the cable business, but they're enhancing their ownership of content. Why is that, ladies and gentlemen? Well, here's my thesis on Time Warner. Um, AOL, which people left for dead, you know, there's still 12 million people spending 10 bucks a month to get, you know, AOL on their dial-up. That's $120 a year, and there's a lot of retailers that would be happy to have that money. And guess what? They earn 85% incremental margin on that. So it's still a great business even as it's going away. But, of course, they're moving toward uh, advertising model. They're putting up 26% operating margins, which is great. And uh, I think as they move forward, AOL, with 100 million people going there, just from the AOL.com side, they might have come in some other way through Comcast or AT&T. You don't have to be a subscriber to go to AOL.com. They still have 100 million people coming there a month. And I think there's a chance with things like UVerse from AT&T and other sorts of things where your Internet connection and your computer are hooked up to your television set or whatever you're going to call your screen in the living room in the future, um, but your media center or whatever, you might go to AOL because you're used to that, and from there you get to every channel you want. You get to HBO, you get to uh, Cinemax, TNT, CNN. They own a lot of networks now. They can run all those through the AOL button on your computer coming through your television. They have a lot of publishing, of course, time, people, things like that. They have a cable business that they've spun out into an independent stock. They own 80% of it, but I've been talking on the show about that being a vehicle for them to move away from cable, and I believe it's because they know cable's obsolete. They don't need the cable, they just need AOL, the portal, and however you get to that, that's a commodity and they don't want to be involved in that. Their returns on capital are very low, 4 or 5%, which tells me that they've invested a bunch of capital in stupid stuff, so they need to write that stuff off and move forward, and who knows when they're going to get around to that. But they're still putting up a mid-20s operating margin, and that's pretty solid. Uh, when I read through what Value Line has here, it says management appears to be gearing up for a content-driven future, so I agree with that. And then positives outweigh the negatives, so I agree with that. But it's ranked a three, so I guess I don't agree with that. I don't know the timing on this, but I know that more and more you know, viewers of content are viewing it in the living room on their television, and 100 million people are viewing it on AOL, Time Warner. Oh, what about the valuation? God, seven times gross cash flow. Uh, 13 times free, I don't like that, that's 7%, but then I'm going to get 4 or 5% in growth, that's 12, 13, that's still not acceptable to me, and so what I'm telling you is I believe all these estimates are too low, and they're going to have a home run with AOL as a portal to content over your television. And finally, 
Lee Enterprises, page 1907. How much time? You have a couple minutes. Okay. Literally. Okay, 1907. I've talked about this before. You know, if you roll our um, XML file into Excel or into Internet Explorer, you get all the shows indexed by ticker. So LEE, I've talked about. Lee Enterprises, here's the thesis. Newspapers aren't going away. I'm sorry, newspapers are going away. That's why the stock's cheap. News is not going away. And they have a proprietary business model that focuses on providing local news. Google and Yahoo are not hiring reporters. And they also hire and own the local ad sales team. So if you want to make money off local news, you've got to know where the people are who advertise in local news, and they have that. Even as Google and Yahoo end up owning this or Microsoft or whoever, you're still going to need the feet on the street in the little towns in and across America who want to know what Johnny did at the football game or what Joey did over the weekend and get caught by the police or whatever. Local content has viewers. Those viewers can pay by viewing local advertising, and these guys still have an edge on that. The valuation right now, they still have a 22% operating margin. So the pundits saying this is going away, they're earning money. Uh, They are overcapitalized. They've invested in a bunch of stuff that's going away, printing plants, union driving trucks, ink, paper. You know, they just need reporters and ad sales and the F10 button that says send, you know, and they're going to be fine. Uh, It's eight times cash flow. And that's a very attractive, I think, multiple, you know, call that uh, 12% return on cash. And, of course, Value Line says their earnings are going to grow minus 3. I don't buy that at all. In about two years, the earnings from the Internet are going to cross over the earnings from the newspapers. All the street analysts are going to have to go, oh, my God, I guess the business isn't going away because you're going to get back to earnings growth. And that crossover period here is probably a year or two away. Internet advertising is growing at 40 percent. Internet pricing is moving towards the level of newspapers. Uh, Sam Zell, who's you know a pretty smart guy, just bought the Tribune. That can't be an accident. And I think that the local papers actually have more proprietary elements to their business than a big city paper does, even though I love the New York Times and I can get into that. They're a favorite know, idea of culture all over. Favorite idea this week, just because it's so cheap and it rarely gets this cheap and it's really solid, is Pool, P-O-O-L, page 1850. A reminder, he just bought it. I did buy it. I yeah, love it. Cedar Fair, fun, F-U-N, with an 8.7% yield according to Value Line. Yeah. See you next Thanks, time. everybody.